0: and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we try to answer once and for all, what is the best comic book adaptation? Yes, be it movie or TV show, we'll watch it and rank it until we have our definitive number one. And who's we? Well, I'm your host, Andrew, and as per usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Mick.
1: Who is actually Andrew's brother from an alternative dimension that he recognises instantly, even though we've never met.
0: I mean, given that you're, like, a good few decades older than me, that raises a lot of questions.
1: That's the other dimension but isn't it?
0: That is, well, that is, that is possibly Imagine. the second Imagine. most confusing time nonsense <laughs> we'll be talking about today.
1: Yeah, that's the easy one to wrap your head around.
0: Anyway, enough of that because now it is time for us to use our wiggly woo to give the show a little flourish as we behold WandaVision. Which is, is not kind of the sort of lesser ranks of some kind of obscure football ranking.
1: Oh, oh. well, actually, every time I say WandaVision to somebody, I, I think, is that some kind of like One Direction tribute act? But one that's devoted only to them post split.
0: Yeah. God, could you do like One Division tribute band where everyone is dressed up as The Vision or the Scarlet Witch?
1: Well, I mean, do we need to? Because, let, let's face it, One Division did that.
0: They did. Oh, you could do a tribute band of just the musical numbers from One Division. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yes, uh, this is the uh, the 2021 Disney Plus streaming service that we'll be talking about today, which is created by Jack Schaefer, directed by Matt Shackman, and based on the Marvel characters Scarlet Witch, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, and The Vision, created by Ron Thomas and John Basiba. And I'm actually, I'm going to say right at the top, even with this bit, because I think I mean, we've basically technically already done some spoilers already. Yes. But just with the way that division is set up, basically anything you say about it ends up being a spoiler.
1: I mean, the, the the I think the only thing that we could say about this that wasn't spoilery is it contains Wanda Maximoff and The Vision.
0: Yes, literally the premise of the title of the show, much like in the same way that the upcoming Falcon and the Winter Soldier has them in it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um so I I guess background is a thing, isn't it? Indeed. We always do a bit of background.
0: So, Mick, how familiar are you with the Scarlet Witch in the vision? And please for the love of God say that you're familiar with the Scarlet Witch so that I don't have to explain her.
1: Well, I I have read many comics where she is Either an Avenger or a threat to the Avengers or uh, Battle Queen of the Mutants or setting up alternative realities to stay safe in attacks on mutants. Um, And of course, I'm familiar with her from her appearances in the MCU. Yeah, I think. Which vary slightly from comics.
0: Indeed, I think that there must be plenty of MCU fans who just, you know, like Wanderers. Oh yeah, she's cool. She wears a red coat. She has like vague telekinetic powers who are just and blissfully they're... unaware of the absolute nightmare that is The Scarlet Witch's comic book continuity.
1: I mean, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on the comic book continuity, but I am, unlike a lot of characters that we review on this show, I am very familiar with Episodes from the Scarlet Witch's career. Episodes. That's a good oh, word to use. Oh, this I, see, I, I see what you did hey. there. Yeah,
0: no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go into it, aren't I? I'm going to have to try and explain some of the Scarlet Witch's backstory.
1: Yeah, just just give us the Cliff Notes version.
0: I mean, even, even that is basically its own podcast. <laughs> so, the Scarlet Witch... Um, she was, like I say, originally introduced by Stanley and Jack Kirby as actually an X-Men character. She was a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, along mm-hmm. with her brother, uh, Quicksilver. Who Quicksilver is nice and easy, runs fast, bit of a prick. But so Scott... the Flash, then? Yes, very very much. the <laughs> No, no he's, actually, no, he's, he's not the Flash. I'll have you know that the Flash runs around in a bright red costume with a lightning bolt on it. Whereas Quicksilver has a bright blue costume with a lightning bolt on it.
1: Right. I remember a Milky Way advert along those lines.
0: So yeah, Scarlet Witch. Apart from the fact that in like, the cover of her first appearance she's wearing green for some reason. Okay. She's
1: Yes, I've seen her wearing green in comics.
0: Yeah, she's, she's also within a... Not a witch to start off with. Initially, she's a mutant, hence why well, she's part of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And her power is to kind of manipulate probabilities. So right. she can affect, like, the likelihood of something happening. Like, for example, if you're gonna try and shoot her with a gun, she can make it, like, more likely to jam. Right. Basically, one of those things where it's very much the Oh no! We need the plot to move along. Wanda does something, and then a thing like a happens. Domino.
1: That seems more like a domino. Power. Yes,
0: it's, it's very much the same kind of thing as domino. Except she can like fire hex bolts, which also do something. What do they do? Don't worry about it, except do worry about it, because well, that's I, part I of the I suppose you conclusion. only need to worry
1: about. I, I suppose you only need to worry about it if the hex bolts the hex bolts heading in your direction.
0: Indeed. And you don't need to worry about them heading in your direction because Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver very quickly decide... Actually, they're, they're not a fan of being the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and kind of decide to go straight and end up joining the Avengers instead. Then we get decades and decades of retcon upon retcon of Wanderers. is maybe a mutant or she's maybe not a mutant and... What she does is like her mutant power to manipulate reality or it's not. Her mutant power just makes her more susceptible to doing actual magic. And so she is a witch and it's actual magical witchcraft. And that witchcraft is chaos magic or it's not chaos magic. And also her father is Magneto. Unless it isn't, it's maybe the wizard or it is Magneto or it isn't Magneto. And maybe well, she's a genetic it, experiment or she's not. She's descended from a long line of witches or is all of them at the same time forever.
1: Well, I'm glad you've cleared that up. Uh, it's, I mean, There will, of course, be a test of this uh, at the end of the podcast. So make sure you were paying attention, listeners. Yeah.
0: I mean, in the comics, there's also an unfortunate tendency, like as with a lot of kind of quite powerful female characters for, oh no, She's gone crazy and now she's a threat. But given what I've just said, can you blame her?
1: No. No. I mean, it must be difficult for someone to find their place in a world where the people who created her can't find a place in the world for her.
0: I know. I mean, we've been doing this for about, like, ten minutes now and I already want to use my magic powers to wipe just the existence of mutants out of continuity.
1: Well. That's, 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 that's going to lead to some kind of strange House of M style storyline, which I don't want to be involved in.
0: Oh. Right, we have to end the show there then. That is, that is going to make it tough to talk about Division, the show very heavily <laughs> inspired by the House of M comic.
1: Yeah, no, no, I said I didn't want to be involved in an actual House of M style reality. Talking about something that is based upon, that's different.
0: Phew, thank another crisis it's, averted by the Behold Boys.
1: It, it's like it's like watching Rambo is very different to having Sylvester Stallone run at you with an automatic weapon. Do you, do you see the difference?
0: Yeah. You know, now that I think about it, I think most films that I watch I wouldn't want to be involved in.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a fair point.
0: Even like Monty Python, can you imagine just being in a restaurant and then a man explodes? Because he ate a waffle thin mint.
1: Well, to be fair, I mean, you know, we live in Teesside, the home of the Palmer, so that's actually, like, Tuesday.
0: That's also true. Anyway, (laughs) should we talk about this TV series?
1: Yes. Let's.
0: Okay. So synopsis. Oh, also, I realised we didn't really mention the vision in our background bit.
1: No. He's no, you didn't.
0: I mean, which, to be fair, sums up a lot of my feelings about the vision in the comics. Is that yeah, he's just he's a he's a robot man. He's fine, <laughs>
1: except when he isn't.
0: Yeah, he he also has a habit of going a bit wonky sometimes, or if it's the silver yeah. age, like bursting into the rooms and loudly to care how very much he doesn't have human emotions
1: but the the the, the thing about vision is as opposed to um, Wanda, is at least with vision if he starts going a bit wonky you can just switch him off and on again
0: that's right just got kind of to flick the big switch on his back
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> apply update <laughs> driver download
0: would now be a good time to mention that actually no, because the Vision also has kind of a bit of a confusing <laughs> on history.
1: Um, I'm going to say give it to her, both
0: barrels. So, the Vision, much like how Scarlet Witch is sometimes and sometimes not a mutant, the Vision is sometimes a robot, sometimes is a synthetic man. As in, like, he he looks like a human man and has essentially human-esque organs, but made in a lab rather than just robot-y bits. Except a lot of the time writers and artists decide, you know what, it's more interesting if he has roboty bits, isn't he? So he's a robot. Right. Also, sometimes he's the original Human Torch and sometimes he isn't. Okay... Anything else? Um, no, to be fair for the vision, I think that's all the confusing stuff. Whew.
1: And of course, within the MCU, he's um, created by fusing Ultron with Jarvis in some kind of strange, twisty, ult- ultimate sentience Artificial intelligence thing.
0: Yeah, which uh, can you just imagine? And this is again a big spoil for the end of the series. Just going back to day one of Paul Bettany in the in the MCU when he's just swinging by the set to record a few lines of voiceover. That in like a decade's time, it's right, Paul. So now you're going to be floating in midair, kind of dressed head to toe in like green and red. And then you're also going to be facing off against yourself, who is the all-white, evil, emotionless version of you, debating the ship of Theseus.
1: (laughs) Paul Bettany going, (laughs) yeah, all right, just show me where the voice booth is.
0: Actually, yeah, I guess just show me some of the the nice comfy sweaters I'll be wearing. I did did quite like the...
1: um the little bit of teasing that Paul Bettany did during the run of WandaVision as well. Oh, yes. When he... that in the finale, there, there was going to be a guest appearance from an actor that he's always wanted to work with.
0: <laughs> and it's himself.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, you. Actually, it's great because the audience can't see this, but Mick, you do have like a WandaVision promo thing behind you as your background. And just a little do. sidelong glance that Vision's doing. It's like, You know, Paul Bettany, you know what you've done, you scamp.
1: (laughs) Whereas whereas Wanda is just trying her damnedest to look like Mary Tyler Moore, it has to be said.
0: Which is somewhat deliberately given the synopsis. The series begins in the 1950s as newly married Avengers Wanda Maximoff, Elizabeth Olson, and The Vision, Paul Bettany, start a new life in the sleepy suburbs of Westview, New Jersey. This is somewhat surprising, given that the last time we saw these characters, it was several decades in the future and the Vision was dead. It also very quickly becomes apparent that, rather than the actual past, the World Wonder and Vision are in is a pastiche of sitcoms from that era, such as Isle of Lucy and very much The Dick Van Dyke Show.
1: Very much so, The Dick Van Dyke Show. The co- And Bewitched, as well.
0: Indeed, yes. As given that one of the characters is, like, a literal magical person, There are more than a few references to Bewitched as well. Yeah. So, the couple get up to a variety of hijinks as the world continues to shift through the 60s and 70s, even moving from black and white to full colour. Things come to a head when, over the course of about a day, Wanda conceives, becomes pregnant with, and gives birth to twins Billy and Tommy, who are eventually played by Julian Hilliard and Jet Klein as they age into tweens. (laughs)
1: who are eventually played by how many times are we going to review a TV show where it ends up with some characters that are going to be eventually played by somebody
0: yes I'd I'd hope not many (laughs) 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 so Wanda is confronted about the strangeness by her neighbour Geraldine Tayona Paris about how unnatural this all clearly is uh, Geraldine mentions Wanda's dead brother Pietro at which point Wanda hits her with a hex bolt sending Geraldine flying through town and right through a barrier of red energy that surrounds Westview Geraldine wakes up to find that she is back in the year 2020 whatever the current year of the MCU is supposed to be
1: 2023 Okay. I do my research
0: so yeah, I wanted to say 23 but I, I didn't believe in myself they they go much like the sitcoms that division is prestiging, we also have an important lesson in our episode. <laughs> so Geraldine then remembers that she is actually Monica Rambo, the kid from Captain Marvel, now grown up and working for the sentient weapon observation and response division. Uh, in a flashback, we learn that several weeks after the events of Avengers Endgame. Wanda seemingly stormed the Sword HQ, stole the Vision's body, and trapped the entire town of Westview in an energy bubble, mind-controlling the residents into acting out her sitcom- sitcom-inspired fantasy life. However, everything is not entirely as it seems. Ooh. While Mon- Wanda while is maintaining the bubble, its creation was an accident when she, in a moment of grief, accidentally tapped into her latent chaos magic abilities. Uh, her kidnapping of the Vision was also faked by Sword director Tyler Haywood, Josh Stamberg, who has secretly rebuilt the synthesoid. Uh As things begin to fall apart in Westview, including a supposedly resurrected Pietro appearing, now played in the stuntiest of stunt castings by Evan <laughs> Peters, the guy who played Quicksilver in the Fox X-Men films. God, that is like C.W. Arrowverse style casting, isn't it? (laughs) So, Wanda begins to have a change of heart. However, her neighbour and best friend Agnes, played by Catherine Hahn, reveals that she is actually a witch called Agatha Harkness. Yes, she's been Agatha all along, and has manipulated Mm -hmm. most of the events of Westview with the goal of convincing Wanda to give her her power. There's a final confrontation between everyone in the middle of Westview. Uh, Vision is able to chase off his rebuilt former self by restoring his memories. Monica is able to expose Hayward with the help of FBI agent Jimmy Woo, Randall Park, and scientist Darcy Lewis, Cap Dennings, both of whom are from previous uh, MCU things. Jimmy, Jimmy Woo, of course, from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Darcy Lewis from the first two Thor films, and Wanda is able to defeat Agatha by embracing her destiny as the legendary magic user, the Scarlet Witch, and turning Agatha's magic back against her. Wanda then takes the Westview bubble, even though it means sacrificing her vision and their children, or so it seems, and then leaves with Agatha's magic tome, the Dark Hold to learn more about her powers.
1: I was really pleased when the Darkhold made an appearance.
0: Yes, because I think that's been... Because <laughs> that
1: ties it back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: Yes, that was... Because I think that's the season I've seen like half of where they've got Ghost Rider, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, yes. Oh, that'll be on Disney Plus as well now, won't it? Probably. Yeah, because it was on Amazon Prime. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Amazon Prime. But then like, they took it down as I was watching it and it was quite niffed. <laughs> but yeah, enough about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's that's potentially an episode for a later day. Indeed. What did we think oh, of One Division?
1: seasons of much... I'll be honest, I struggled with the first two or three episodes.
0: Yeah, so I remember you, you telling me kind of, I think, on a, like, just behind the scenes of a previous show that you kind of weren't that into it at first.
1: Yeah, I mean... From the point of view of watching someone faithfully recreate, and they are very faithful recreations of fifties and sixties and seventies c- sitcoms to the point where the director of photography actually used either lenses from the era or modern lenses modified to have the characteristics of lenses from that era yes, and they even used and they even used the lighting technology from the era. And I think the first couple were actually filmed in front of a, a live studio yeah, audience so that the, as well. the first one
0: definitely was, because that effort is literally called live in front of a studio audience. Yeah. But I think as well, like, and the special effects when is using a magic, that's generally, like, people yeah. standing above the stage with, like, things on wires, wiggling them about like they would yeah. in Bewitched. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, um, so from that point of view, from sort of, like, you know... Uh, Rose tinted, nostalgia. I used I grew up watching reruns of shows like that. Particularly Bewitched. Um it was like quite pleasant. But in terms of being a comic book show, I was thinking well yeah, that and there were little hints and the the little sort of commercial breaks and things like that, that tied it back to the MCU. But I think it's until about is it episode four or five? You're just inside this Westview
0: bubble. Yeah, because yeah, I think Monica gets thrown out at the end of episode three. And then four yeah. is like the one set in the MCU world where it's kind of explaining yeah. what's going on a bit more.
1: And that, and, and that was it. Episode four was where the series really started for me because suddenly episodes one, two and three made sense. Above and beyond being um, sort of um, nostalgic nods to TV eras gone by, but um, but yeah, from episode four on, I I just really enjoyed it, and uh, it it explored elements of um, Scarlet Witch's backstory that I wasn't. Re- I I spent a long time doing searches on Agatha Harkness. Um and sword and bits and pieces like that. So
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can certainly see the first three episodes probably being like a bit divisive. Because as you say, they are yeah. they do play the sitcom thing like fairly straight. Cause I mean obviously you you struggle love- with I will say I actually I loved the first three episodes because I am very into that idea yeah. of yeah, it's gonna be just like a very we're gonna play it straight just as a traditional like sitcom from the 50s 60s and 70s and then we're just gonna have these yeah. odd little moments where things just like are not quite what they seem like you know just people suddenly like glitching out like i think this, is it episode three where agnes just kind of turns and says should we take that from the top like she yeah. is like talking to the director or something I, and that, I that kind of thing like playing about with the format yeah. of it
1: um, they they were nice but I think until you have episode 4 tying it back to reality um, they kind of just feel a bit jarring and I think <coughs> I think potentially it's where as a TV series it'll struggle to get a mainstream audience because they'll sit down thinking it's a jolly series and then Episode four, it will start to make sense, and that's when a mainstream audience will drift away because suddenly it's all comic book nonsense.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I guess it's kind of a. I can see that as a. Well, if you're coming into it just wanting, just like a nice sitcom. Yeah, it's it's not that kind of show.
1: No, and and I think a casual viewer might just see a you know a sitcom set in the Marvel universe. Well, it. You know, they might not be someone who normally goes into the Marvel universe, but they do like a a sitcom.
0: Yeah, I guess. So they, to be yeah. fair, though, I feel like it's it's not the biggest demographic of non MCU fans. That they knew. I think Marvel did pretty well just off the MCU fans.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm sure they have. Yeah. Um, the 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 other thing about it is. I've managed to go through most of the MCU, being able to follow along without having been soaked up in all the Marvel lore. But you do need to to get every little subtle nod in this. You need to drench yourself in Marvel lore. It has to be said.
0: Oh, yeah. And not just Marvel lore, possibly some of the most awkward, confusing and just weird Marvel (laughs) lore. Like you have to look at the Scarlet Witch's children, you have to learn about how like they were pieces of Mephisto's soul that she made into babies and then one of Mephisto's <laughs> servants called Master Pandemonium stole them and made her babies his hands.
1: And the thing is, um you mentioned Evan Peters as a stunt casting. Dotty, the um matriarch of Westview who runs the talent contest and has all the um, women sort of eating out of the palm of her hand? It's Emma Caulfield who, to genre fans, is beloved as Anya from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and everybody is just waiting to find out who she's going to be revealed as.
0: Yes, yeah, I think like both her and Evan Peters is the same thing going. <laughs> well, these characters have got to be something bigger because of who's playing them. <laughs> Yeah. and then, uh, I mean literally oh. The whole build up for Evan Peter's character Is that he's a man Whose name is Ralph Boner And it's funny really because His last name is Boner <laughs> And it's so I Probably I mean, doesn't know how I feel about that Because on the one hand I appreciate just how much of a, like, a Pulling the fan's nose that is From Kevin Feige But also, I'd spent so much time just on lists of, here's every single character who this could be. Is it it Master Pandemonium? (laughs) Is it the Grim Reaper? Is it Man-Thing?
1: And I I think, you know, it's a shame in a way. I mean, it's not a shame at all because we needed this during lockdown. But it is a shame in a way that it is happening at a time when people aren't in offices standing around water coolers. Because it's just full of water cooler moments.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, literally after every episode, I'm kind of immediately kind of onto my friends on Facebook, kind of going through, ooh, what does this bit mean? What does that bit mean?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, the amount of Googling I've done for obscure corners of the Marvel Universe, a lot of, a lot of people were sort Talking about Mephisto and things like that making an appearance, and it? it's like,
0: oh God, what do I have to learn now? <laughs> yes, go learn the names of every single Marvel devil. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think from that point of view, it's kind of a shame that we haven't had it. A- what we should have done is, can you remember? And and, and I hate to dredge up scouring memories like this, but on 4Panel, we used to do Inhuman's
0: Watch. Oh, Inhuman's Watch. I do remember Inhuman's Watch. <laughs> just what terrible thing have the Inhuman's done this week?
1: <laughs> well, just imagine we could have had a positive version of that for Vision.
0: God, because, yeah, to best, that, that is the shame of us not doing like a a weekly show anymore. Is that we can't have like, a little yeah one division segment because yeah, that's that's definitely I mean, yeah. the best thing about this show is how much everyone's got into just like the theorising and the like talking everything through with people. It's, I mean I guess it's like something like lost back in the day, isn't it? Yeah,
1: except with a proper ending. Um, but <laughs> I mean, to be fair. They could have snuck in and they could have made it a 10 episode season. But episode nine is just 45 minutes of Kevin Feige holding up a card that says, you're all wrong. You're all wrong.
0: (laughs) Because we were. All those theories about, oh no, Agnes's rabbit. That's going to be the real... Can you imagine in a couple of years' time? Trying to explain to someone watching it how we all thought at the time that, no, it's all about the rabbit. Because <laughs> Mr. Scratch is another name for the devil. So that rabbit's got to be Mephisto.
1: Uh yeah, it's but yeah, one one once we got to the, the, the episode four turning point, I think tying up all those loose ends from various corners of the MCU um we start following up it, it, it kinda continues that uh post blip catch up that we started in um Far From Home. We've got all that um Side of things,
0: yeah. And, uh... But I think this does like a lot better job than Far From Home did of showing that oh uh, no, the blip was like actually quite a traumatic event for people. Because Far yeah. From Home, it's very okay. That's all over. Time for holidays.
1: So, so that happened.
0: Which, to be um... fair, if it was set in the Marvel comic universe, that is basically the reaction to every event now.
1: <laughs> oh. That, um, but yeah, so, um, so I think it, it, it does a great job of tying that up and also giving us launch points for phase four, which, of course, this is the start of. So, I think it's, um, by the time I got to episode, once we started getting post credit sequences, because Ooh Marvel.
0: Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's that's a cruel trick of doing a few episodes without post-credits and then starting to sneak them in.
1: Yeah. Um. Be consistent, Marvel. <laughs> you started this post-credit thing. We didn't decide to start sitting to watch till the end of the credits. You made us do that.
0: Yeah, like some kind of weird cinematic Pavlov. You trained us to do this. <laughs> I mean we joke, but there are times when I've watched like I mean I think I watched The Favourite the other day, you know, like the Elizabethan <laughs> drama with Olivia Coleman. Yeah. I sat there watching the credits and that going I'm I'm waiting for a post credit scene. What the hell am I doing?
1: I I have sat I have sat in the cinema um I think it was Endgame. I was sat in the cinema, and uh, the credits rolled. I can't remember. Does Endgame have it? Because it's kind of a the full stop, isn't it? Endgame, really?
0: Yeah, no. I isn't think a, the only I think, thing I think Endgame I know it has like as the credits are finishing, you get the sound of Tony Stark like bashing out the Iron Man. Are there? But I yeah. I don't think it has like a proper post credit scene because I say it's supposed to be like yeah. kind of an ending to the first main chunk of the MCU. Yeah,
1: so um so I'm sat in the cinema along with I'm not the only one, you know, there's a lot of us that know the Marvel format by now. And eventually it we got the hammering and then we, we're all still sat there. Cause you, you you end up at a point where you're like Unsure. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy did this to us. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 did this to us, where it was like, all right, we've had a post-credit sequence. I'll get me caught. Oh, what? Another one? All right, that'll be it. Another one? (laughs) So, um, yeah, we, we ended up, all of us, there were about thirty of us in the in the theatre because I went to one of the sort of less popular um viewings. And the guy who was sat there just as an attendant went, There's no more. You can go now.
0: And you ought to ah nice try, you're Mar- not tricking us. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> That's it. Because it's a Marvel movie, you're still not entirely sure.
0: Like you're expecting him to just rip his face off and feel it's just a mask that Samuel L. Jackson's wearing.
1: No, actually, to be fair, I was just expecting him to do that until actually, to yeah, because that is
0: basically all the post credits scene <laughs> have is: a random person reveals they're a scroll.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yes, in short, to answer your question, I enjoyed it eventually.
0: Okay, cool. So, yeah, I guess that is another advantage of the series is that it doesn't take too long to start filling the blanks in.
1: No. I I I think, actually, they maybe made a mistake in dropping the first two episodes together. I think if they were going to do that, they needed to either drop the first three, or just do one per week.
0: Yeah, yeah, it did seem a bit pointless having to... I guess maybe because the first two episodes are only, like, 20-odd minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, it felt a bit. It 'cause because if they'd dropped those, if they'd dropped the first three together, um, you would have had some kind of cliffhanger then.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I get you with the because fir- the first two episodes they are both kind of quite self-contained, typical sitcom blocks. Yes. Yeah
1: yeah and there's no real follow through to the to the next episode, whereas of course, with the end of episode three, suddenly that's a sit up and take notice moment, going into almost the next phase of the series so but I mean that's it's a minor quibble,
0: yeah exactly, I think definitely I think the positives outweigh the uh, the minor quibbles yeah, so, yeah. It's also it's nice to have this compared to like the big you know explosive action movies that can focus more on on characters and relationships and things
1: yeah and what what I do like about it as well is the little snippets of news that leak out, so I think it was just ahead of the Halloween episode. there were snippets going about the you know wonder wonder and vision. Finally, done their comic accurate costumes. And you get all excited thinking, well, it'll be comic accurate, but it'll be Marvel MCU comic accurate. But no, it's actually just like something that someone's mum would have yeah. put together.
0: <laughs> Although, I will say, I feel like <laughs> that costume that Wonder wears, probably you don't need to tweak it that much to make it actually a decent comic book costume. No. Like, just, you know, no. zhushes it a bit, maybe give it a a coat that's like a, a cape that's not clearly just like a curtain or something. And I think it works kind of yeah. well. Vision, though, looks yeah. absolutely ridiculous.
1: Absolutely. And
0: here's, here's me going out on a limb, because I know a lot of the time I am a defender of, no, I wish these movies had more like brighter, cheerful, comic book accurate costumes. Vision looks dumb in the comics. <laughs> it looks like some kind of Weird Christmas tree clown man With a disco cape
1: <laughs> But then When, when we've cause, I mean let's be honest The whole series is basically the origin story For Scarlet Witch now isn't it
0: Yeah it is, it's kind of moving it into being like Actually the Scarlet Witch
1: because, thinking about it, she never gets referenced as anything other than Wanda up to this po- Up, up, up to this series, she's just Wanda. Yeah. Well, I think, is the... it
0: even? I think it's episode four. They make a point of that, isn't it? They say, no, she's just yeah. Wanda. She doesn't have like a, a fancy code name or anything. Almost yeah. like it's some kind of foreshadowing. Oh.
1: Like that like that big dump, uh, that big lump of foreshadowing that was held in that secret prison cell in Deadpool 2.
0: Yes, just like that.
1: Did you hear that the rumour is that Deadpool's going to take over the cameos from Stan Lee?
0: Oh my god, that's... (laughs) (laughs) That hurts my brain and I don't know if it hurts in a good way or a bad way. (laughs) But yeah, I guess what I was going to say. Oh no, that's going to be a bit weird, isn't it? It's going to, like, break the rich fiction of the MCU. Like, Stan Lee just randomly popping up anyway doesn't. <laughs> like, especially in Captain Marvel, so, when it's Stan Lee reading the script for his cameo in Maul Rats. So So, surely in that cameo, he yeah. is Stan Lee, the actual creator of Marvel Comics. But in a world where the Marvel Comics characters are also actual real characters, so then what? What did he make?
1: Doesn't that doesn't that basically make him like God? Maybe. If he, if he if he's Stan Lee, being Stan Lee. In a universe where his comic book creations are real, he therefore must be God in that clip.
0: But then how Answering did Kevin Smith question, approach him to appear in ball rats? He prayed. Of course. Is that what darkness is all <laughs> about? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it simultaneously answers the question in the song... What if God was one of us? He'd appear in Mole Rats.
0: Yes. And shout Excelsior a lot.
1: Indeed. That it's a fairly godlike word, isn't it? Excelsior
0: It Got a- another weird conspiracy broken open
1: <laughs> It's why our listeners come here. That and mm. they're off their
0: meds. But if but if Stanley's God, but also everything is Batman. Yes. Then what does Dark Horse comics do?
1: They're the fringe religion.
0: I can't believe this has become the most confusing bit of the One Division episode.
1: Hey. <laughs> so, um, I, I, yeah, I guess the, uh, I guess Dark Horse Comics are just the um, infidels of the comic book world,
0: and that's why they made Hellboy.
1: And him, I, image of the hippies.
0: Well, we've, we've certainly done something here today.
1: Absolutely. Welcome to the <laughs> Welcome to the Behold Multiverse. It's not like other multiverses.
0: <laughs> yes, see th- this was all just a deliberately planned lead-up to the fact to discuss the fact that of course one division does seem to be leading into Doctor Strange and the Madness of the Multiverse.
1: Well, what we've done is exemplify just how mad the madness of the multiverse is. Yes,
0: we can now reveal exclusively that the Doctor Strange sequel is actually just us talking nonsense for two hours.
1: While Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. does that a lot.
0: <laughs> yes, it's actually just a whole film of that one YouTube clip. Of, it, of like the green screen <laughs> of him, but transposed onto random backgrounds. <laughs> So it's like going down a water slide while he's doing his magic hands. <laughs>
1: uh, are we going to rent this?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess we should at some point, shouldn't we?
1: So, where are we at? Both uh, our top. F-
0: seven. Okay, so our current top seven are in at number one: A History of Violence. Which oh, oh, it seems so weird to say not Road to Perdition, which is of course now at number two. <laughs> uh, Hellboy is at yeah. number three. Jessica Jones, season one, at number four. Uh, Sin City at number five. The Boys, season two, at number six, and Deadpool at number seven.
1: Uh, I. Uh, what was number three? Uh, Hellboy. Mm. You see, I'm tempted to put it in above Hellboy, but I know that I'll have to fight you
0: Ooh. for that. Mm. Yeah, because look, I likes me some WandaVision, but I loves me some Hellboy. Mm.
1: Whereas I'm not as beloved of Hellboy.
0: Yeah, that is. Because yeah, I can definitely see the argument of putting it above Jessica Jones season one, because it also kind of has similar things of like looking at a character who's dealing with trauma, but it's just it's a bit more of a fun watch if we're being honest, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's the thing, you know. I I will rewatch Jessica Jones season one and have several times since it since it aired, Um, but. I usually need to have a drink while I'm <laughs> while I'm watching it. Just to keep it light.
0: Yeah. Also um, to be fair, One Division does not have that problem of you getting like ten or eleven episodes in and going Boy, this has this has been going for a while now.
1: <laughs> so um Yeah, so I I like I say, I will put it at number three. Uh, it 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 would possibly have gone higher, but it's not strictly speaking an adaptation. Yeah, it's
0: it's certainly more taking the ideas of something like House of M and incorporating it, which which I mean, I um, guess is like the MCU's bread and butter, isn't it? Is is it's more like yeah. taking ideas and concepts rather it, uh, than whole storylines.
1: Because there's also there's also another Scarlet Witch and Vision. Um, storyline in the comics, isn't there, which is about them being a couple. And then there's also the vision where he goes off to live in Suburba, yeah, that, suburbia with some synthesized. That vision
0: so. series I would say is very like not like I don't know it's one of those things people bring up as like being an inspiration from the series. But I think it does not take a lot. I think the only thing it actually takes from it is Sparky the dog. And even then they just have a dog named Sparky rather than like a robot dog that Vision makes. Doesn't
1: Doesn't Captain Marvel have a dog called Sparky in the in the comics?
0: No, she has a cat. Yeah, yeah, in the comics Captain Marvel's cat is called Chewy. But then they changed it to the film to call it Goose.
1: Right. Well it's not a cat at all.
0: No, it's a which, yeah, I think in the comics as well, it's it's, it's a, a flurking.
1: Right. Where have I got Sparky from? I'm sure I've seen some superhero with a dog called Sparky. Mm.
0: Are you thinking of Streaky the Supercat in the Supergirl comics?
1: No, because I've never actually watched any Supergirl. Oh, but it might have turned up in something where
0: Supergirl's appeared. Yeah. Or not Supergirl, Power Girl, maybe, in,
1: um, Harley Quinn and the Birds of the Prey black label comic that I've been reading.
0: Yeah, that might be it then.
1: Could be that. Multiverse. Yeah, Ex-
0: <laughs> no, even, even though I love Wonder Vision, and I love that it has given both Wonder and Vision much better MCU designs. Because now Wonder has, like, her cool more comic-y costume, and Visions, the all-white Vision, which is way better than silly Christmas tree shoe sock men. I just... I, I can't put it above Hellboy. Okay. But still, I think coming in as I knew, number four is a very impressive showing indeed for division.
1: Yep. And, uh... I think we've got a fortnight, haven't we, before... Falcon and the Winter Soldier starts.
0: We do indeed. Which might just be long enough for me to finally get the Agatha all along song out of my head. (laughs) It won't be because I'm going to rewatch it on YouTube again and again like I keep doing.
1: What I I really liked about the Agatha bit was the little nod to the Wizard of Oz.
0: Oh, gets defeated. no, no, it's, it's like it's at the start of the final episode where Wanda throws a car at her and see her boots sticking up from underneath. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: yes. And it's great because you know it's in character uh, for her to have done that just to mess around with Wanda.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah, well, I think that probably, uh. Does what? it for another week? Indeed. So, I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show. If you would like to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you do subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. Uh, if you do want to get in touch, our email is beholpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at BeholdPod. And as always, if you are a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you did leave us a review just uh, on your podcast app of choice or if you didn't want to just uh, even recommended us to a friend you know.
1: or send us snacks
0: or send us snacks I was going to say anything to you know, help us reach out to new listeners but keeping us fed is also a very noble endeavour yeah so that's everything until next time I've been Andrew I've been Meg. so long and thanks for listening